Welcome to Profiles in Hope, a podcast ministry of Hope Presbyterian Church in Columbus, Ohio. Each week we share God's story in our sermon podcast, but every so often we want to make room for people to share their story and how it fits into God's story. We hope this conversation encourages you and that you realize that with God, hope is more than just wishful thinking. Hey friends, welcome to Profiles in Hope. My name is Joe Hack, uh, pastor at Hope. Hope has a sermon podcast where we publish our Sunday sermons on a podcast format every Sunday, but occasionally we like to host conversations with people we know. It's called Profiles in Hope because these are profiles of ordinary people that we know, most of whom are in our church, sharing about the extraordinary hope that God offers. And we think that sharing these stories actually does something. Um, We think that it has a cascading effect. We think that sharing stories of hope actually stirs up hope for all who listen. Uh, Lately, Hope Church, if you don't know, has been casting vision for the future of our church. We're calling it Hope 2031. 2031 because we're trying our best to look into the future 10 years and describe what we see. So if you could travel in time somehow and catch a glimpse of this church, what would you notice? And what would be distinctive about this community of Jesus? And so at first we talked about vocation, how we thought vocation, this idea that we see God calling us all of our life, all of the time uh, uh, into his mission. We talked about that. And in addition to a couple sermons, we had Aaron Badenhop. Uh, in a podcast, in our first Profiles in Hope Vision podcast. And if you haven't listened to that, I would encourage you to do so. But right now we are talking about holistic Christian maturity. And you might not, you might be thinking, what is distinctive about pursuing maturity? Isn't that just what every church does? Why is this a part of our vision? Um, well, the reason it's a part of our vision is because we often think maturity is pursued in the church in a lopsided way. And so what I mean by that is uh, maturity, as you look at it described in Scripture, uh, has three components, at least three components. Uh, Our intellect, loving God with our mind, our hearts, our emotional life, and then our habits, or even to expand that further, our body. And so worshiping God with all of our body. We, We confess every Sunday I believe in the resurrection of the body, and that means that the body matters. And so oftentimes churches are good at one of these or maybe two if you're lucky, uh, but they pursue maturity in in their strengths, basically, and what they're already good at or interested in. And so in our tradition, uh, we're good at thinking right thoughts, and we hold that as a high value, rightfully so. We want to think rightly about God and about the world he made. Um, And and folks have called that orthodoxy, right thinking. But because of that, we can also be weak on emotional maturity or our practices or noticing um, how God made our bodies in our pursuit of God. And so some have called that orthopraxy, our practices, right practices, and orthopathy, so right emotions or a well-ordered emotional life. And so we want to be a church who combines these three things well. We really do. And that's what we want Hope 2031 to be, is a is a noticeably integrated church, or at least we are pursuing that. (laughs) Uh, So 
Um, I have with me, and I'm excited to have with me, three members of our church who I think have experience and expertise on the subject. And I'm so very excited that they all agreed to come on. So we have Amanda Hollinger, who besides being an integral part of our church, uh, a wife and a mother of three, she's a licensed professional clinical counselor. That's what all those letters LPCC mean. I had to look that up. Uh, She studied English literature at Wheaton. She has her master's of arts in religion from Yale. She earned her master's in clinical mental health counseling from Ashland Seminary here in Ohio. And she's a fellow Hoosier. She's from Indiana. I say that because I'm from Indiana as well. Um, And as a fellow English lit as well, uh, English lit major, um, I, of course, think that that degree of all your degrees, Amanda, uniquely qualifies you to be a counselor. Um, (laughs) You're probably right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, who knows? And then, uh, so thanks, Amanda, for, for jumping on. And then we also have Bernadette McNamara with us, who is also an integral part of our church, a wife, a mother of three. Uh, she, too, is lic- a licensed professional counselor and a clinical resident. That's what CR means. And um, she studied at Ohio State, the Ohio State University and uh, Ashland Seminary, where she got her master's in clinical mental health counseling. So um, thank you for coming alongside as well, Bernadette. Yeah, happy to be here. And then um, we also have Elizabeth Badenhop, who uh, I'm sounding like a broken record, is also an integral part of our church, um, a wife, a mother of two. And uh, she is also a fellow Hoosier, right? Correct. That's good. So there's three (laughs) Indiana. I'm sorry, Bernadette, we're ganging up on you. Um, She studied education at IU, so Indiana University, and she's been in the trenches of campus ministry at Ohio State with crew uh, for over a decade. She's currently studying uh, uh, spiritual formation and direction with Sustainable Faith, a two-year program uh, to become a spiritual director, Uh, has her certification uh, with Larry Crabb's School of Spiritual Direction, and she's gratefully sharing uh, this wealth uh, with our church, in many ways kicking off our vision casting season Mm -hmm. with an incredible resource we called spiritual formation practices. And so for me, well, thanks Elizabeth for coming as well. So so for me, as like, this is a dream team. I don't want to waste any more time talking. Um, I I, kind of just want to get out of the way and, and, um, and begin this discussion. So let's first just talk about uh, what I'm calling holistic Christian maturity, the integration of head, heart and habits. And so um, feel free to just, chime in on that. Like if there's anything that you would say that you would add to that or, or, or tweak on that. Um, and then the first question though, I would ask is how you came to be interested in this intersection or this integration, um, of head, heart and body or habits, um, in the Christian faith. So feel free to jump in, um, any of you at any time. I'd love to know that. I'll jump in. I think for me, there, there are a lot of directions I could take in the answer to this question, but I think about the greatest commandment a lot because it's so helpful to have a, a starting place and a superlative, you know, from the words of Jesus and the mouth of Jesus himself. And you referred to this earlier, Joe, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. 
if you if you think about that, you know, the body isn't explicitly mentioned, but who can have an emotion or a feeling without having the body respond to that emotion, right? Mm-hmm. And from a cognitive behavioral perspective, we know that our thoughts affect our behaviors, they affect our emotions. And so there, this the more we study and the more we examine our own lives and our own behaviors, um, and the more we kind of, I think, meditate and dwell on that greatest commandment, it's, it's obvious that God is calling us to approach him with all of us, not just as individuals, but as church communities with everything we have, everything that he has given to us, you know, to sort of return it to him and offer it back to him. So that's sort of where I, that's where I start with that kind of integrated holistic perspective. Yeah. I would add to that, um, that I think having emotions is a part of the human experience and it's part of what it means to be human. And we see that in the life of Jesus. (laughs) He was fully human, fully God, but also fully human. And he experienced the whole gamut of emotions. And so I think when churches ignore or de-emphasize this part of our humanity, um, it actually hinders our growth in other areas and therefore then hinders our witness to the rest of the world. And um, I love also how the Psalms affirms what, what you're saying, Joe, and also what you're saying, Amanda, how it walks us through the whole gamut, again, the whole gamut of human emotion. Um, Walter Brueggemann talks about the Psalms being a walk through the human experience. And he talks about orientation, disorientation, reorientation, and how we all as humans living in a world experience all three of those movements throughout our life. And so what I love about the Psalms, it it, it really is this invitation to be honest, both with God about our emotions, but also with our community about our, with our emotions. And I think being honest with God and also um, in the context of our community is um, is a place where God really wants us to take our emotions. Um, and so, yeah, for me, I think part of the reason I care about this subject so much is from personal experience. Um, I started walking with God in college through campus ministry and there was a lot of focus on knowing and a lot of focus on doing. Um, and so I was taking what I knew and trying to apply it to my life. And um, it led to burnout. And so I was kind of forced to press into this part of humanity, I would say. Um, And so a lot of what I've learned is actually through personal experience. Yeah, touching on both, you know, Amanda and Elizabeth, what you guys said, this is just adding to it. But I think something to keep in mind is that God created us by very good design to emote. Mm -hmm. He gave us that ability. And we see that in Jesus's ministry. We see Jesus emote. And I think we'll touch on that more as we go here. Mm -hmm. Um, But God wants us to be good stewards over our emotional health, just Mm -hmm. as our thinking and our action. And if we're not attuned to that, if we're not attuned to our emotionality and how our bodies play a role in that, I think we miss out on experiencing life to the fullest in the way that he wants us to. That's good. I had a pastor friend once say, and and this pastor friend coaches a lot of pastors, 
once say like there's two kinds of pastors um, in old age, those who are burned out and no longer pastors and those who figured out the importance of body and emotions and, and, and really um, understood, I guess you said, knowing and being, I'm sorry, knowing and doing Elizabeth were such an emphasis. Uh, I guess there's that component of being with God that is often missed. And if you're in ministry and if you're really passionate about God and you've been formed in a no do, a no do kind of community, it can be very hard to find, um, find yourself being with God. And so um, how did you, how do you guys, um, how do you guys see that as a, uh, as a, as a vital part of, of what it means to walk with Jesus being with him versus just knowing about him and, maybe doing things for him. I can sort of take that question in, in the direction of um, ways that the Lord has guided me away from that. I came from a very sort of education, heavy thought, mm-hmm. heavy tradition. And uh, I wasn't ever in campus ministry, Elizabeth, but, but certainly, you know, Western Protestant tradition that emphasized knowing memorizing scripture, knowing facts, you know, Bible, memory versus books of the Bible. That's a fact, you know, about who, what, when, and where. Um, But over the course of my life, those facts have not always offered me all the comfort that I've needed in difficult times. Mm. Or, yeah, as I've gone through more difficult experiences as an adult um, that I hadn't experienced as a kid, um, the the knowledge came up lacking, not that it wasn't true and that I, I didn't need it, but that wasn't what offered me comfort or strength or peace necessarily by itself uh, when I was kind of walking through the valley of the shadow of death and as as I'd been, you know, through seasons like that in life. So I think um I'm noticing in middle age that I'm much, much, much more drawn to just being in his presence. And I and he's helped me grow in kind of my thirst and my awareness and my desire for that through some of the contemplative practices and disciplines um, that I think we will talk about a little bit more later. Um, but it's almost like when you know someone really well, you can sit in a companionable silence with them. And that is enough. Nothing is required of you. You're just happy to be together. Um, and you draw strength and comfort from each other's presence. That's, something I didn't experience very much as a younger believer or as a newer Christian. Um, but it is something that I have the gift of being able to experience now. Um, sometimes, not always, but sometimes, you know, through, through spiritual disciplines and some other kind of contemplative and quiet practices mm-hmm. that I've integrated in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, touching on that something that came up for me is it it requires an immense amount of safety and trust in relationship to be able to just be with someone I think we all come to relationship and initially initially wanting to either give or approve or show um you know x y and z so to get to a place where you can just be with god requires safety trust and the knowledge that you are 
fully known and fully loved mm-hmm. as you are in the body that he created for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just kind of what comes up for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. To your point, Bernadette. Um, so I am a survivor of um, complex childhood trauma. My therapist has taught me that phrase. Um, but why that's significant in this conversation is when I went to college, I started walking with God. And I think, honestly, a lot of doing for God was a way of coping with my trauma. And, and, and it, it was a way of trying to earn God's favor. And so I knew in my head, like, I know the gospel, I know it's grace, but, but that, that didn't quite translate into my body. And so I spent a lot of energy trying to earn God's favor by doing things for him, by caring for his people, really good things. But I somehow thought if I did this uh, and prove myself to both God and to other Christians that I would somehow gain approval. And um, and so I think to your point, Bernadette, that's really helpful even to hear you say that. I think for me, when I finally got to a point where I was safe enough to, to just be with God, um, it was, it was scary because I'm like, okay, if, if I really look closely at my life and my trauma and my childhood, I've spent, you know, the first 18 years to 18 years of my life in survival mode. And so now I have to sort of pull back the layers and untangle all of that. And, and I, I don't really know what's on the other side of that. You know, I, I know, again, in my head that God is with me and I know what the Bible says, but my experience had been so um, traumatic that, that I didn't really know in my body what lay on the other side of really um, looking at all of that, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, for me, part of my story is when I got married Um, I had been in ministry for many years and I had a thriving ministry, but when I got married, it was the first time I felt safe and I basically fell apart. Like I literally had a mental breakdown and I think it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. I think it was God's goodness because he forced me in a very gentle and kind, kind way to really look at my life and really start to peel back some of those layers, um, which eventually led to true freedom to, to live out my true authentic self. Elizabeth, you mentioned kind of knowing in your body. And so I'd love to just uh, point out, I mean, I'm observing and sort of reading and just as I sort of survey uh, church, I, I'm noticing that there's a lot of emphasis being made on the body in Christian discipleship that I don't remember hearing or learning um, as a younger Christian. And that could just be because of the circles I was uh, in, but I'm seeing this happening, uh, this conversation about, uh, things like our neurochemistry, things like even our hormones and our, how we eat and sleep and, um, and, and trauma and body memory, mm-hmm. things like attachments, um, when we were little and, um, and, and how important and integrated these realities of our body is with our walk with Jesus. And so I would love to just hear about any kind of um, experience, whether it's clinical experience or research, uh, or personal experience that touch on this topic about, you know, following Jesus with our body. 
I can, I can start, um, <laughs> try to process this. Um, so I think it's helpful for me and this is kind of me with my clinician hat on. Um, but I, it's helpful for me to define what we mean by body. Um, and in, in more in thinking about emotional health as well as, you know, um, yeah, theologically, but and I think it's important because there's a lot of skittishness around words like body or um, emotional health or uh, or not necessarily emotional health, but just are including our bodies in that. I would say one thing that I just remember a lot in practice in meeting with clients is sort of this um, almost this look of shock on their faces when I bring up trauma in the body. And I think a lot of times they come to me knowing I'm a Christian and knowing that the place where I was practicing was a Christian counseling place. Um, But I see myself as a trauma-informed counselor who just so happens to also be a Christian. And I can't separate the two. So they were in the right place. (laughs) But um, when I would bring up, you know, trauma in the body, Um, When I talk about body, okay, theologically, God created us as embodied creatures. It means at a minimum, we are made in God's image, right? Our body is good and it matters. Um, But our bodies are not merely just vessels kind of walking around with a soul. Like They're very complex. Uh, We're fearfully and wonderfully made. And the more I study neuroscience, the more I study trauma in the body, the more that you know, Psalm 139 being fearfully and wonderfully made just sort of blows my mind and how God has created our body. And I'm not going to go into the weeds with that. Um, Please do. You Please know, do. Like, very, I don't know how, how far you want us to go, but um, when I say body from a clinical perspective, <laughs> if this is making sense, um, I think about breath. I think about sensations in our gut. I think about our somatic experiences Um, You know, I think about that big nerve, the vagus nerve that sends information from our organs to our brains about whether or not we are safe and at any given time. That's so when I say body from a clinical perspective, at least that's that's, you know, where where I'm coming from, Mm -hmm. um, if that makes sense. Yeah. and, And I guess I would love to follow up if I could, like. So when you think of the body in those terms, breath, the, uh, uh, the neurochemistry, all of that, um, and then you think about how God made us, then um, like, what's the significance of paying attention to the body in our Christian formation then? So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that um, like if I were coming, just speaking personally, I'm, the first time I ever went to a counselor, um, we went, my wife and I went to discuss a, a, a pretty traumatic event that happened in our life. And the first couple of sessions were about like what we were eating and when we were eating and when we were going to bed and waking up. And I'm, I remember driving home and saying to my wife, like, what on earth are, are we like, we went for Christian counseling, you know, to fix our problems. And she's talking about food and sleep. And, um, and, and then like now I'm like, man, she was spot on and brilliant because she understood that stuff had to be kind of in place. Um, there was a earthiness to our first sessions that 
um, I now see as quite important to the things that we worked on together. Um, Dan Allender is kind of famous for saying, like, we cannot think our way into healing. It is a full body experience. So Mm -hmm. we can't just, you know, from the top down think, oh, I'm safe and feel safe. That's that's (laughs) not how our bodies are designed. Um, It is a full body experience. Thanks for listening. For more resources like this, please visit our website at hopechurchcolumbus.org.